Welcome to Zichur Daf Simani, member by Avram Goldar, and Tehmer Sechus Babakama, Daf Kuf Ches. The ninth parakel goes on eighteen. So the three tops are going to focus on them. A brisa and Daf Kufav Amanov taught that where a shomer is told in Ganav and pays kefal, he does not also pay a chomish for admitting. Rami Barakama asked, "Mamun mechayvo kefal potrimin a chomish? Is it the money which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomish?" Or is it the shvu which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomish? Can both payments not be obligated by the same money or by the same shvu? Enough gamina emerges where he swore it was stolen, then swore it was lost. Adam contradicted his first claim, and he admitted to lying about the second. Here, both payments would come from the same money, but different shvuos. Robert brought a brice about one who swore to deny stealing an ox. The brice implies that if he confessed to his theft, after Adim testified, so he must pay Kefal, he would not pay a Chomush, even though the Kefal was not obligated by the Shvua, but by the Adim. This proves that the money which obligates Kefal cannot obligate a Chomush. Additional inquiries are posed to further define this principle. Point number two, the Gemara asks, Tavuhu balant with Shomer, if the owner sued the Shomer to return his Bikadon, Venishma Vishilim, and he swore that it was stolen, exempting himself, and then paid for it voluntarily, Ganav, and the thief was later identified, Kefal Amit, to whom is the Kefal paid? The Mishnah Bab Messiah teaches that where a Shomer volunteered to pay without swearing, the owner agrees to transfer the right to Kefal to the Shomer. Who receives the Kefal where he first swore? Abai says, it's paid to the owner of the deposit, for since he troubled the owner with a Shvua, the owner does not transfer the Kefal payment to him. Rava says, it's paid to the one in whose possession the Bikadon was, meaning the Shomer, Kevin the Shilin. For since he eventually paid for the Bikadon, the owner transfers the Kevo payment to him. The Gemara explains how each position is inferred from the Mishnah above Metziah. And pointing with you, the Gemara discusses a Shomer who swore the Bikadon was stolen and the thief was discovered. Then the Shomer sued the thief to return it and he admitted to his theft. Then the owner sued him and he denied the theft and aiding later testified to the theft. Is the thief exempt from Kefal through his confession to the Shomer, or did the Shomer's role end when he swore, so the admission was not to a litigant? Rabbi answered, If he swore truthfully that it was stolen not due to negligence, the thief is exempt from Kefal through his confession to the Shomer because the owner wants him to continue watching it. He is therefore responsible to retrieve the Picadon and is thus a litigant. If he swore falsely, meaning that it was stolen through an onus, and in truth it was not, the thief is not exempt by confessing to the Shomer because he's no longer a litigant. The Gemara also inquires about the inverse case, where the Shomer paid instead of swearing. So he receives the kefal, and the thief later admitted to the owner, but denied to the Shomer. This is left unresolved. So once again, the three points are number one. Abraisa and Daf Kufav Amadov taught that where a Shomer is towing Tainas Ganav and pays kefal, he does not also pay a Chomish for admitting. Rami Barakama asked, is it the money which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomish? Or is it the shvu which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomish? Can both payments not be obligated by the same money or by the same shvu? Enough gamina emerges where he swore it was stolen, then swore it was lost. Adam contradicted his first claim, and he admitted to lying about the second. Here, both payments would come from the same money, but different shvuos. Robert brought a Bryce about one who swore to deny stealing an ox. The Bryce implies that if he confessed to his theft after Adim testified, so he must pay Kefal, he would not pay a Chomush, even though the Kefal was not obligated by the Shvua, but by the Adim. This proves that the money which obligates Kefal cannot obligate a Chomush. Additional inquiries are posed to further define this principle. Point number two, the Gemara asks, if the owner sued the Shomer 
Churchurnus Bikadun, Venishba Bishiwem, and he swore that it was stolen, exempting himself, and then paid for it voluntarily. Hukrakanov, and the thief was later identified, Kefal of meat, to whom is the Kefal paid? The Mishnah Bab Messiah teaches that where a Shomer volunteered to pay without swearing, the owner agrees to transfer the right to Kefal to the Shomer. Who receives the Kefal where he first swore? Abai says, it's paid to the owner of the deposit, for since he troubled the owner with a Shvua, the owner does not transfer the Kefal payment to him. Rabbi says, it's paid to the one in whose possession the Bikadon was, meaning the Shomer, Kevin the Shilim. For since he eventually paid for the Bikadon, the owner transfers the Kevo payment to him. The Gemara explains how each position is inferred from the Mishnah above Metziah. And pointing with you, the Gemara discusses that Shomer who swore the Bikadon was stolen and the thief was discovered. Then the Shomer sued the thief to return it and he admitted to his theft. Then the owner sued him, and he denied the theft, and aiding later testified to the theft. Is the thief exempt from Kefal through his confession to the Shomer, or did the Shomer's role end when he swore, so the admission was not to a litigant? Rabbi answered, If he swore truthfully that it was stolen not due to negligence, the thief is exempt from Kefal through his confession to the Shomer because the owner wants him to continue watching it. He is therefore responsible to retrieve the Picadon and is thus a litigant. If he swore falsely, meaning that it was stolen through an onus, and in truth it was not, the thief is not exempt by confessing to the Shomer because he is no longer a litigant. The Gemara also inquires about the inverse case, where the Shomer paid instead of swearing. So he receives the kefal, and the thief later admitted to the owner, but denied to the Shomer. This is left unresolved. All right, so now we go to Simon Dov Kufches, and this one was suggested to us by Mordechai Slovin from Ramat Beit Shemesh and by Nathaniel Jacob from Great Neck, New York. They both suggested that Kufches relates to kach taking, so they suggested a pickpocket for the Simon. A pickpocket. So here goes. The pickpocket who stole a wallet from a rabbi while he was debating whether it's the mamun or shvuah that obligates the Tontinus Ganav to pay kefal and not the chomesh, and then stole the kefal in the pocket of a shomer who was paid by a thief after the shomer swore an item was stolen and then paid for it voluntarily, decided not to pursue the shomer who swore an item was stolen since the thief admitted to the theft after he was caught and didn't have to pay kefal even though he later denied the theft to the owner. Once again, slow motion. The pickpocket, pickpocket, that must be more on Duff Kufches. The pickpocket who stole a wall from a rabbi while he was debating whether it's the mamun or shvuah that obligates a tontinus ganav to pay kefal and not the chomesh, which reminds us, a bright son Duff Kufab Amonov taught that where a shomer is tontinus ganav and pays kefal, he does not also pay a chomesh for admitting. Rami Bar asked, is it the money which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomesh? Or is it the shvu which obligates him in kefal that exempts him from the chomesh? Can both payments not be obligated by the same money or by the same shavuah? So the pickpocket who stole a wall from a rabbi while he was debating whether it's the mamun or shvu that obligates the tontinus ganav to pay kefal and not the chomesh, and then stole the kefal in the pocket of a shomer who was paid by a thief after the shomer swore an item was stolen and then paid for it voluntarily, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, if the owner sued the Shomer to return his Bikadon, the Nishba Vishilim, and he swore that it was stolen, exempting himself, and then paid for it voluntarily, and the thief was later identified, to whom is the Kefal paid? Abai says it's paid to the Baal Bikadons, for since he troubled the owner with the Shvua, the owner does not transfer the Kefal payment to him. Rava says it's paid to the one whose possession the Bikadon was, meaning the Shomer, Kevin the Shilim, for since he eventually paid for the Bikadon, the owner transfers the Kefal payment to him. So the pickpocket who stole a wall from a rabbi while he was debating whether it's the mamun or shavuot that obligates a tontinus ganav to pay kefal and not the chomish, and then stole the kefal in the pocket of a shomer who was paid by a thief 
after the Shomer Sworn item was stolen and then paid for it voluntarily, decided not to pursue the Shomer who swore an item was stolen since the thief admitted to the theft after he was caught and didn't have to pay Kefal, even though he later denied the theft. To the owner, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses a Shomer who swore the Pikadon was stolen and the thief was discovered. Then the Shomer sued the thief to return it and he admitted to his theft. Then the owner sued him and he denied the theft and ate him later testified to the theft. Is the thief exempt from Kefal through his confession to the Shomer, or did the Shomer's role end when he swore? So the admission was not to a litigant. So once again, the pickpocket who stole a wall from a rabbi while he was debating whether it's the Mammon or Shvua that obligates the Tontan has gone up to pay Kefal and not the Chomesh, and then stole the Kefal in the pocket of a Shomer who was paid by a thief after the Shomer swore an item was stolen and then paid for it voluntarily, decided not to pursue the Shomer who swore an item was stolen since the thief admitted to the theft after he was caught and didn't have to pay Kefal, even though he later denied the theft, to the owner. All right, so now it's time for Four Blah Chazara. Daf Kuftalad. So the Sim Daf Kuftalad is a code. So here goes. The code breaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W. Ayn, appointed with Aedim, which reminds us the Gemara discusses a Shaliach, which the creditor appointed with Aedim to collect his debt. Rav Chisa says, Havi Shaliach, he's a legal Shaliach, and the debtor is absolved of his debt after giving him the money, even if it never reaches his creditor. Rav says he's not a legal Shaliach, since the creditor never instructed the debtor to give him the money. So the Cobreaker, who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W. Ayan, appointed with Aedim, but that a Shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliach, which reminds us, Rebuta quoted Shmuel, Ein Mishalchim Maus Bediokani, a Shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliach. Even if Aedim are signed on the symbol as authentic because this symbol does not prove he was appointed a Shaliach to retrieve it. Yochanan said that if Adim are signed on it, he is established as a shliach, and one may send the money with him. So the codebreaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor shliach, who was A.W. Ayan, appointed with Adim, but that a shomer should not send money back for the depositor of someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner shliach, was overjoyed when he figured out the code chomish equals mamun means that if a gazlan died after only paying the victim, the principal is heirs must pay the Chomish, which reminds us, the mission taught that if a Gazlan repaid the stolen principal, but not the additional fifth, he does not need to bring it to the victim. The Gemara infers that it is still owed. We see that the additional fifth payment is a monetary obligation to the victim, and not just for atonement. And if the Gazlan would die, his heirs would still owe it. Kufhei, so the Simmerdov Kufhei is a Russian hacker. So here goes. The Russian who hacked, a Russian who hacked, a Russian hacker? That must be more Duff Kufhei. The Russian who hacked into the thief's computer and discovered that he had stolen three bundles worth three prutos, which decreased in value to two prutos, and had only returned two of them, which reminds us, Ravitad, if someone stole three bundles worth three prutos, and they decreased to a total value of two prutos, and he returned two of them, he must still return the other one despite being worth less than a pruta, since it had a pruta's value when it was stolen. So, the Russian who hacked into the thief's computer and discovered that he had stolen three bundles worth three prutos, which decreased in value to two prutos, and had only returned two of them, and found a picture of the thief swearing falsely about having stolen chametz after he became Asr Bahanah, which reminds us, Rava asked, Nishba Lav Mao, if one swore falsely about having stolen chametz, which had become Asr Bahanah, what is the law? Do we say since if it would be stolen from him, he would have to pay its original value and therefore it's considered denying a monetary liability? Or do we say that since the chametz is here and can be returned in its worthless form, it is not a monetary denial? 
So the Russian who hacked into the thief's computer and discovered that he had stolen three bundles worth three prutos, which decreased in value to two prutos, and had only returned two of them, and found a picture of the thief swearing falsely about having stolen chametz after it became Asibahana, realized by hacking into a security camera that the reason he swore falsely to deny Picadon was to stall for time and retrieve it from a swamp. Which reminds us, Rav Shesha said, a Bikadon, one who falsely denies having a deposit in his possession, not so love Gazan, he's become a Gazan through his denial, even without swearing, and he's chayev for unavoidable mishaps which befall it. Rami Barachama challenged him from a mission which lists someone who swore falsely to deny Pikadon as someone who is chashud al shvu, a suspect in regard to oaths. According to Rav Sheshas, he's considered a Gazan who's disqualified from swearing through his mere denial, even without swearing. The Gemara answers that the mission's cases where the Pikadon was in a swamp, and his denial was not to steal it, but to stall for time until he retrieves it. When he denies a Pikadon in his possession, he is immediately considered a Gazan. Daf Kuf Vav. So the Sim Daf Kuf Vav is a tightrope walker walking a fine line, a cove. So here goes. The tightrope walker, tightrope walker, that must be on Daf Kuf Vav. Cub, line, walking a vine line. The tightrope walker who told to aid him standing on the platform that it was too late to testify against him since he already sworn denial to a claim. Embased, and which reminds us, Rabuna said in Rav's name, if one says to his fellow, a mana of mine is in your possession, and the defendant denies it and swears, and afterwards aid him testify against him, he's putter from pain because the Pasik says, and its owner shall accept it, and he shall not pay, which teaches, once the owner has accepted a shvua, the defendant no longer pays money. So the tightrope walker who told to aid him standing on the platform that it was too late to testify against him since he already sworn to nod to a claim in Basin, walked high above where a thief below who shacked at a stolen animal after Basin had told him to pay the victim, was told he was putter from Dalad Behay, which reminds us where a thief stood for judgment and was found guilty and was told to pay, shacking afterwards would not obligate Dalad Behay. So the tightrope walker who told to aid him standing on the platform that it was too late to testify against him, since he already sworn denial to a claim. Embasedin walked high above where a thief below who shacked at a stolen animal after Basin had told him to pay the victim was told he was putter from Dal the Hay, and saw a Shomer refuse to take an oath when his little son claimed he had given the Shomer his little balancing beam to watch, which reminds us of Bryce Darshan's the Pusik, Kiten Ish, if a man shall give someone a Picadon teaching, Ainasinus Katan Klum, a minor's giving of a Picadon is nothing, meaning a Shomer would not swear about such a Picadon nor pay Kefal for Tolan Tainas Ganov. Dav Kufzain, so the similar Dav Kufzain is Kuskus. So here goes. The Kuskus restaurant owner Kuskus, that must be one Dav Kufzain. The Cusco's restaurant owner who is motive a mixes to his creditor, because he was not so brazen to deny the whole loan. To his face, which reminds us, Rabbi explained, if name Ma'amra why did the Torah say that one who admits to a part of a claim must swear about his denial? It's because there's a presumption that a person is not so brazen as to deny his obligation to the face of his creditor. Rush explains because he lent him money. Thus, completely denying a loan is believed without swearing. So the Cusco's restaurant owner who was motive mixes to his creditor because he was not so brazen to deny the whole loan to his face overheard four shomrim seated at a table eating couscous say that they only swear when they are motive mixes. Which reminds us where Bechir Barabba taught that the Torah required swearing about a bikadon even for a full denial. 
Yochanan disagreed and said that a Shomer Chinam who falsely swears that the item was stolen from him, he's not liable to pay Kefal unless he denies part of the claim and admits the part of the claim, because the Pasuk says, Ki this is it, regarding the Shomer Chinam's false claim, which is where he pays Kefal. Similarly, Rami Bar said, the four shomrim of the Torah require partial denial and partial admission to become obligated to swear, but would not swear for a full denial. So, the Kuska's restaurant owner, who was moted but mixes to his creditor, because he was not so brazen to deny the whole loan to his face, overheard four shomrim seated at a table eating Kuska's say that they only swear when they are moted but mixes. When a shomer chinam came forward to pay him kefal after he falsely swore, the Kuska's supplies he was watching were stolen when in fact he had used them to make his own kuskas. Which reminds us, Rabbi Chibar Yosef says about a Shomer Chinam, who falsely swears the item was stolen, he's not chayv to pay kefal unless he misappropriated it, meaning he used it without permission before he swore. The Torah requires a Shomer Chinam swears that he did not lay his hand upon his fellow's property, which implies that the kefal penalty for swearing falsely, which falls, is where he did misappropriate the bikadon. Rabbi Chibar Abba said that Rabbi Yochanan held he's liable by Omedes Alavusa, where the watched animal is standing by the trough, meaning where it was not used. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which of the one that a thief who shacks a stolen animal after being found guilty and based in is putter from Dal Nehei? That's on Duff. Kuva. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss the case of one who falsely claimed that he bought a field on the Reish Galusa's behalf? And the question is, if he can ask the seller to write a second star. That's on Dav. Kuf Gimel. Good number three, which stuff do the question whether it's the Mamun or Shvua, which obligates Kefal, that exempts from Chomish? That's on Dav. Kufchas. Good number four. Which stuff do we mochok is whether a shaliach for a creditor that was appointed with aidim is considered a legal shaliach? That's on Duff. Kufdal. Good number five. Which stuff do we the reason why one whose motive mimics us must take a shavua? That's on Duff. Kufzai. Good number six. Which stuff do the question whether a shomer who voluntarily paid after swearing about a theft becomes entitled to the kefal? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which stuff you is what is done if a gazan robs someone from a group of five and can't remember who he stole from? That's on Dav. Good number eight. Which stuff you have is if Shemitah produce can be used to soak flax if it was specifically picked for that purpose? That's on Dav. Good number nine. Which stuff do we discuss if a thief's confession to the owner or Shomer exempts him from Kefal? That's on Dav. Kufches. Good. Number 10. Which stuff do you learn about Amorim who hold the laws of Shomrim require Hodaba Mixas? That's on Dav. Kufzain. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is everybody at Rumgold from Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.